I love a good testimony. One that just like connects with your soul on so many levels. I think everyone has a good testimony. I'm sure yours is great. But this one specifically just met me and her temperament met me. And it was in a moment where I didn't know I needed it. I needed some somber. I needed some soulful. I needed to come off of uh, the high that I usually live on and get back to that place of like rest and reflection. And it actually brought me into a place of like deep empathy, empathy for women, empathy for what we walk through when it comes to our bodies and our image and our identity struggles. And so today's guest, Christina, she's a plus size model. She's an actor, a speaker, a spoken word poet, which you know I love. I should have had her drop some lines on us. Um, She's also connected to an incredible group uh, called the Whosoevers. I encourage you to follow both them and Christina on their social media. You can get all the links below. Follow me and the show at the Fit and Faith Podcast. Subscribe, review. They don't subscribe anymore. There's all these things that I could say. Ring the bell, but we're not on YouTube. But you can check out the show on YouTube if you didn't know that. You can check out Christina's beautiful blue hair and just her aura that is so lovely and so, like I said, inviting. Uh, and you can do that. We'll, we'll actually split this show into three subcategories based on the many topics that we divested, invested in, divested, is that a word? Nah, it's all right. See, this is unscripted. This is the best thing about the show, but being with us in person when you can actually visually see is also really helpful. So follow the the channel, follow Tamara over on the channel. Yes, I just spoke to myself in third person. And that way we can see you one another. You can comment there, which is really fun because we can create further conversation that podcasting doesn't necessarily allow for. So we're in all the places. Fit and Faith Media team is in all the places. And Tamara, me, yeah, third person again, likes to show up to serve and connect with you as a community. So thank you for being loyal listeners. Christina, you are incredible. And I can't wait for more people to hear your story and see the impact that your life is going to give based on saying yes, saying yes to the hard things. But this new season with this new fresh portfolio is going to bring vibrancy that I know people need. So we honor you and thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Welcome, welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. So excited to be here with Christina, y'all. It's going to be a good one. If you have not tuned into the Fit and Faith Podcast, where you been? We've been around for like four years now or something. And it's amazing to have, I think, over 250 episodes at this point. So Christina, this is not a new conversation, but it is one for us. And yet I'm excited because every single time I feel like just fresh revelation comes, new um, depths and revelation towards what God has in 
store for his his kingdom right now here on earth that is in heaven. And so I know you're going to be a voice into that. And I'm excited to have you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. So you guys, if you don't know, I want to say your name right. Bordreau. Bordreau. Close. Boudreau. Boudreau. Beautiful. Christina Boudreau. It's so lovely. Uh, She is a plus size model who I got actually introduced to your beauty through whosoever's, which is not only a a mission, but it's also a amazing swag line. And so if you don't own any, or you like to rep some Jesus in your clothing, but it's more message driven. um, I love it. And then she's also an author, a speaker, and my favorite, a spoken word poet and so I'm excited to just learn about your why, your testimony, kind of your comeback story to grace. I'd love to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think sometimes we have like, you know, just like different parts of our story. And so I think today as I was just kind of praying through, you know, just how sometimes God takes our life, you know, talks about in the Bible, how he's the potter, you know, and we're the clay. And I think sometimes He allows us to go through things like early on in life, you know, that often shapes our heart, you know, for our purpose and what he's called us to do. And so, you know, I love the title of your podcast, you know, Fit in Faith, you know, Um, I think it's so amazing. And it's such the heartbeat of my life, too, that, you know, even at a young age, I grew up in a home where my mom was from Malaysia, you know, she's East Indian. So she comes from a very small family. Like being tall for her family is like four ten is tall for her, you know, like five foot is like really tall. And then she married my dad, who was this like really tall French Canadian guy from the East coast. Like the women in my dad's side of the family are like six feet tall. And so, but my dad, you know, especially growing up in Southern California, you know, like when I'm 32 now, but growing up at the time, it was this very like specific aesthetic, you know, like size zero, like very tall, very, you know, um, you know, very like, just like a one track, you know, area, like idea of beauty, you know, For and sure. you know, with Hollister and Abercrombie and all yeah. this stuff. And, and so being like tall, like I was like five, nine in the fourth grade, you know, and wow. which was crazy. Yeah. Um, I hit puberty at such a young age. My debt, my brothers are six, four and six, five. So that kind of gives like, you know, radar of yeah. where we're at and, um, growing up in, in, in a home where, my mom's family, basically they, they, they're here. My dad's family's on the East coast. So I was a tall, but in a, in a small family. So I was like also a size 12 in the fourth grade too, which is like crazy. I was a club swimmer. So I was working out, but I just had a body of a woman, you know, I was active, uh, very healthy, but didn't fit society's mold of beauty, you know? And so I would get called names a lot at school and even at home, you know, like you're big, you're, you're an Amazon, like you're tall, like the boys in elementary school would say, you know, great Danes only live till they're 10 years old because they have big hearts and they die young. So you're going to die young. And I would be like, oh my gosh, you know, like it was like a crazy thing. So I think I just believed at a young age that, that in order to be not only beautiful or, or accepted or loved that I had to be a certain size or a certain aesthetic. And so um, by the time I was in sixth grade, I developed something called anorexia, you know, like it, I just started, you know, going to the gym, starving myself, you know, you know, restricting. And by the time I was in eighth grade, I was so like hungry, you know, and I heard I, on a, you know, a talk show on TV that if you were to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, that's how you could like throw up your food. And so I tried it one day and that's where it developed like bulimia for me where I basically, you know, between starving and 
binging and purging and then the dieting and the laxatives and the diet pills, it became a form of control for me. But my whole existence was really wrapped around perfection, you know, not just in my body image, but in school and in sports and all these things. And so going into high school, there came, you know, I dealt with self-harm in high school and all these things, but especially in the area of beauty, like I had a heart, you know, and people would always say like, Christina, you're so beautiful, but I would just kind of say, okay, thank you. But I actually need to look like this to be beautiful. And even when I ended up in the hospital in high school for my eating disorder and the doctors told my parents, like, she's going to die unless she gets help because I was so like, my body was so run down, you know, like I had passed out so many times close to cardiac arrest because of just what I was doing to my body. Basically I got sent to this, like um, this rehab, you know, treatment center for eating disorders. And it was there that I think, you know, they began to try to chip away at, you know, the reasons why I was dealing with my eating disorder, but I was 16. It was over summer. Like when my friends are at the beach, like I didn't want to be there eight hours a day, like who does. And so I kind of went through the motions of what I needed to do to just get out of there, um, which is what I did. And basically it was right before my senior year of high school that I got on my knees one night and I just said, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it through college. You know, I don't know if, like I've barely made it through high school. Like I was 51, 50, you know, cause I was suicidal. There are scars on my arms from cutting. Like my eating disorder had completely taken over my life. And it was that night that the Lord completely healed me of a seven year battle of anorexia and bulimia and my depression. And basically when I was 18 years old, just like my journey of beauty and discovering what that was, was when um, the Lord put it on my heart to, to be a plus size model, to help show girls around the world, you know, just what beautiful is. And so that was my journey from 18 to about uh, in 2018. I have that. I'm still a plus size model today, but I, you know, was signed with the top agencies in the world, worked with the top clients in the world, but throughout my journey, the industry became all consuming for me. Like I was also in ministry, but I think a lot of the industry was very, like I was signed from South Africa to, to the UK and all over the U S but every agency and agents wanted me to be something different. So I felt that tug and that pull where I didn't even have freedom over my own life with like what I could post on social media, like how I could live like even the haircut that I wanted to have, everything was so calculated for me. And there was no freedom when it came to like my body, you know, like even like there was times where I knew that I wanted to be healthier, but I couldn't because I had to be a certain size to be like a working plus size model, which is often a lie in that part of the industry. Sometimes they promote an image that's like, over like overweight, you know, it's like the two extremes of the industry. You have the underweight, like emaciated look, and then you have this like, you know, thing, which is not good. So, um, Basically in 2018, I ended up, uh, I actually left the modeling industry at the time for, you know, a season and my friends had a ranch in Montana and I was like, you know what, I just need to get out of town. So I, you know, packed my bags, went to Montana and was just shoveling horse poop every day. And I was like, you know, in the mountains of Montana with horses and I did horse camps for kids there, but it was basically I needed like my soul needed to breathe, you know, that the industry had really suffocated a lot of that. And I ended up flying back to Irvine, California, where I did a Ted talk in Irvine on, you know, just like my journey as a model, I called it, I am beautiful. I wrote a book called I am beautiful. And it was such a beautiful experience, like doing that. 
But for me, you know, even as a speaker, right, I think everyone has this mountaintop experience that they're like, okay, once I get to that mountaintop of my modeling career or my speaking career, you know, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be loved or all these things. Kind of like even the mentality I had with my eating disorder. But when I finally reached the mountaintop of even the modeling industry and the fog cleared, it was empty. And even as a Ted talk speaker, you know, like I, I did this thing that I didn't even want to do in the first place because I was more of like, you know, I spoke at youth groups and youth events, but yeah, it could be a good thing for you because it could cut a bridge, a gap. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And because at the time in Montana, I had left a lot of that just to get away. And so when I flew back down to do it and I flew back to Montana, I basically had a nervous breakdown for a week, you know, and because I think even that experience of doing a TED talk and the demand of that, there was so much that went into that process that uh, I think that was kind of the strike that broke, that broke the camel's back for me. And I had a nervous breakdown for about a week, lost my mind. And there was a day that I was in like, you know, the cabin where I was at in the mountains. And I just, I just, you know, was having really bad suicidal thoughts, you know, cause so much of, you know, the world says that if you get the followers, you know, if you get the fame, if you get the image, you know, then, then you'll be happy and you'll be loved and you'll be accepted and you'll find this fulfillment that you're looking for. But I had had that from the world and it didn't satisfy. And I, and I knew Christ and, but there was such an emptiness that I felt even after my Ted talk. And I just said, God, if this is all that life is that I don't know if I could do it anymore. I had had also a lot of trauma I had walked through, you know, throughout those years as well. And so Basically, I went to the corner store and I was going to get a bunch of pills and just overdose and take my life because I was just done. And, you know, and you hear about people in Hollywood that do that, you know, that yeah. make this movie and then it's like they commit suicide, yep. they do this tour and then they commit suicide. And people yep. wonder, well, they look so happy, but really behind all of that, like people in the industry are so empty. They're so uh, they're just so dead inside, you know? And so basically that day, the Lord once again, you know, just spoke to me and it was just a simple, you know, just the voice of the Holy spirit, Christina, I love you. And it was just, and it was just the God just began to speak to my heart that he loved me apart from what I did. He loved me apart from my success, mm-hmm. apart from the pictures I took or any of those things. And because what I felt at that time in my life was that I felt like my life was, you know, almost like Pinocchio, you have the puppets and each mm-hmm there was different, all these different strings and all these people were controlling my life. And I didn't know who I was. So when all the strings were cut, I just kind of like lay flat, almost like you see, you know, like the puppets. And I, it was like an identity crisis, but through that season, the Lord actually sent me to Florida for three months or my phone was on airplane mode for three months. And one of our good friends, Jairus, who's another whosoever's ambassador, he's a pro skater and a youth pastor in Florida he runs a Bible school. So I sat in as a student in his class and I just let the Lord restore my soul, you know, and in that season, God just reminded me how much he loved me apart from what I did, which is so key in life in anything you do, whether you're a mom or a, you know, or a wife or a business owner or, you know, whatever it is that it's just so important for us to know our identity, that we are a loved child of God apart from anything we could ever do for him. And so even after that time, when I came back, you know, I've continued to model, continued to serve and, you know, tour with the whosoever's and it's been an amazing journey, but I think there's always seasons where 
even when I was living with uh, my family, my family, you know, I come from an Indian family and there's just a lot of, there's a lot of trauma there. You know, there's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of stuff that gets shoved underneath the rug. And even when I was with my family, cause Indian uh, people live in community. So it's, and so there was just, there's this dynamic where like your aunts are also your mom and your uncles are also your dads mm-hmm. and everyone's so interweaved. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And when I was living with my parents, they had invited the family member that had raped me growing up to live back in our house. And so basically at the time I was probably like 215 pounds, like to be honest with you, like I remember weighing myself one day. And for me, I know that, you know, being 5'10 now and that my healthy is it's probably between 160 and 170, you know, like yeah. realistically. Yeah. Um, and so And at the time, you know, I was so like, I was walking like five miles a day. I was, you know, juicing, like I was eating healthy, like, and the weight just wasn't coming off. And I knew that my body was stressed, you know? And so even after this family member left for a time and came back, I was like still trying. And I was, I would look at like, I went up to like most, I'm like, I'm like a hard 14 at the time, you know, size 14, but I was like, all my four, size 14 jeans were too tight. And I was like a size 16. And I'm thinking like, what am I doing wrong? Like I didn't oh. understand. So even at the age of 30, I was struggling even with my image and even with my weight. And of course my agents are happy, but I was just like, no, I knew this wasn't my best, but I was still like, man, I'm, I'm juicing. I'm eating healthy. I'm, I'm exercising. And I didn't know why the weight wasn't coming off. And so at the end of 2020, I moved to Newberry Park where I live now. And I moved into a cottage that I rent from a family at church. And, you know, the Lord blessed me with two horses over this last year, which have been such healing agents in my life. And honestly, over this, over from 20, October of 2020, when I moved here up until now, I remember I went to, people would say over, you know, however long that's been, like a year and a half-ish, they would say like, Christine, are you losing weight? And I just would be like, no, I don't think so. Cause I didn't have a scale in my house. And sure. so I just was like, you know, and I just would, you know, I would walk, I would take my horses out. I would skate, you know, I love going to the beach. I love surfing. I love just, just being active. You know, I just, have always been that way, but I noticed over time, you know, that like my, like my size 16 jeans were too big and I would have to belt them. And then like, I noticed even my size 14 jeans would, were getting like bigger and I was working out, you know, and I was going to the gym and doing weights and stuff, but I couldn't really say I was working out any more than what I was before at my parents' house. And it wasn't until a, probably a, a month ago that, you know, I go to Gold's gym here in Thousand Oaks and I I walked into the the locker room and that morning, I think I just had had like a protein drink before my workout and I saw the scale and I just was like, you know, I, and I don't really make it a habit to weigh myself. Like, but I was like, you know what? I just wonder like where I'm at because in January of this year, I literally had to switch. Actually, it was probably towards the end of last year. I had to get new jeans because all my jeans were falling off. And for the first time, probably in like, I don't remember the last time I wore a size 12, I had to get size 12 jeans from target. And I thought, Oh, maybe it's just the brand. Cause even as a model, like different companies, you know, have yeah. different oh, things. For sure. Yeah. But then one of my favorite stores is Zara. So when Zara had their sale, mm-hmm. I went to look at their pants, but all of the pants I 
ended up buying and trying on were all size 10s and 12s. And I was like, oh, I'm curious. So when I weighed myself, I was like 167. And I was like, like, wow. And I had people that would literally walk up to me and they're like, Christina, are you eating? And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm eating, you know, because they just yeah, yeah. losing weight. And I realized, you know, I, I called one of my best friends and she's like, Christina, that's like, that's like almost 50 pounds. And I was like, wow. But what I realized, which is so the Lord is that oftentimes people who struggle with their weight, who struggle with being for me at the time I was overweight is really because there's, there's trauma, you know, there's stuff they're holding on to. There's like this extra baggage and through the Lord of me moving here, finally being in a safe place where the cops aren't always at my house, where there's not, you know, you know, drug addiction and mental illness and all this crazy stuff happening where I'm not having to go face to face with my abuser every day. Um, there's been so much peace and the Lord used my horses in my life to bring peace, but it was like this gradual, like healing he did in my soul and with my body to where like now I, I love my body more than ever. And I feel like healthy from the inside out because I know what it's like to be skinny because I was anorexic, but really my soul was starved, you know, but Mm -hmm. I also know what it means now to be healthy. Um, but from a place of like wholeness and healing from the inside out. And I know that even some of my genes are still getting looser and looser, but I'm just at a point now where even as a model, like with my career, I, completely like revamped my portfolio that I'm going to be launching with my agents within the next couple of weeks and signing with some new agents that I had walked away from a couple of years ago. But I, I always wanted as a model to really represent like health and fitness and not this like overweight, you know, image that for me, cause when I would look at my photos, you know, being signed with Wilhelmina models from the East coast to the West coast, I would, there was such a disconnect and I just would be like, man, like, yes, I might make a certain amount of money in a day from a shoot, but I still have to live in that body. And I knew I was overweight. I knew that I wasn't the best version of myself. And that was also the lie I bought into was, oh, well, the industry says I'm beautiful, but I knew that I wasn't being the best version of myself, but I settled because I wanted the paycheck, you know, and whatever it is that the industry gave me. So I think the journey I'm on now is the Lord has completely kind of done like an extreme makeover in my heart, you know, from the inside out has brought so much healing to where now, as I go back in the industry, I can really just be an example and a light to the girls there. And when I look at my portfolio with my colorful hair, I could say that it's a reflection of me because I think oftentimes we put out an image of us. That's not us. And when I looked at my portfolio before I was like, this is not me, but now like my portfolio is completely me. And when I, a part of my portfolio that I shot, I shot with my friends who um, are like the team at urban decay cosmetics. Like she's like the, you know, photographer and like, you know, these other people. And even them, they are known for shooting very colorful like people. And they said, you know, we've never met anyone like you. And they, and a, a, a couple shoots I did before then, you know, cause we had, we did, we're doing like, you know, plus size models are doing like skincare stuff. Now 
I did this one where I did like mini buns in my hair with these like stars on my face and with my colorful hair. And the lady that did my makeup does all the Vans campaigns. And yeah, which was so cool. And she just said, you know, where do you like get your inspiration from? And I was like, well, this is just me. And I just began to show her, you know, just who I was, you know, when I'm on tour with the whosoever's and who I am. And she's like, yeah, she's like, you know, cause something like that, like, that's not something that is like, you don't like that. It's not wearing you like you are wearing it, you know, like if that makes sense. Like, yeah, she's completely. I love it. Well, yeah. and I think that's also really cool. Just with beauty, just embracing who God has called you to be being the best version of you. And just knowing that when you try to be something that you're not, even with your body being overweight or underweight, or even in your own creativity with your beauty, which I really dumbed down my creativity because I wanted to book jobs, but now I'm like, no, I'm here. And I want to bring that creative aspect to the plus size part of the industry because it was so like, like clients would tell my agents, Oh, she's very alternative for a long time, but which was so interesting. I had like a door to explore haircut for a while. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. You know, like how am I alternative? Like, that doesn't go together. Dora is not alternative. Yeah. And, but at the time there was just no creativity within the plus size modeling industry, which also I think sucked the life out of my soul because I loved a lot of the creative shoots that a lot of the straight size models could do, but now it's starting to kind of blend, you know, and there's a lot more diversity and stuff, but yeah, it's a little bit of my journey and just kind of where I'm at right now and just loving where the Lord has me. And I'm just super blessed, you know, by just opportunities he's given me ready to just full send back in the modeling industry with the portfolio that he's allowed me to, to shoot and just really put my creativity into. And so I'm really excited. I love like the roller coaster of emotions you just put me on. I'm like, yeah. oh wow, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. Um, yeah. But I, honestly, like I see myself within so many facets of yeah. that journey, yeah. and I think a lot of people who will listen will feel the same way. And whether it's the weight that's the fluctuating, whether it's the um, people pleasing that's the fluctuating, whether it's the um, self deprecation or the suicidal ideation, I mean. There's so many elements that I can raise my hand to. And as you were sharing to know that like the fit in faith piece to what was the original journey that I was on um, before fit was an acronym, it really was an element of body and it was an element of mind and it was an element of how I felt in my own skin. And so I feel like there's just an honoring to that like original ascension to the name that has now evolved for founders, innovators, and trailblazers, which are a compilation of all in the industry that you exist. And also just in your creativity that you allow God to infuse your life and your soul and your spirit with the vibrancy of color, which is clearly not something that I'm afraid of. I love color and I love light, but I love um, something that was really distinct to me is your demeanor. And it's, it's a very unique uh, conversation style that I don't feel like is often met on the podcast because a lot of people are really like high energy, myself included, when it comes to like, driving towards a goal. And I love that like God has just been with you in like the somber, sweet components of teaching you and the fact that he's so 
grace-filled, even in the hardest moments, that he was so steadfast. It's so apparent in the way that you share and the way that you honor him through your story. And so that part really just um, amused me in a delightful way. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Faith Media Co. is dedicated to activating mission-driven leaders in the marketplace by way of publishing, press, and play. Because your story doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others. We help you dissect and share your message through podcasting, book writing, and business development. These three areas are exactly how my team and I have opened doors to stages, become the best-selling author I always dreamed I'd be, and even the entrepreneur that energetically and joyfully shows up to serve each and every day. Literally nothing I do feels like work. Every day feels like play. And we'd love to help you live the same life of freedom and fun. If you're a speaker, a writer, or an aspiring business owner, let's jump on a call today to vision cast your future together. Go to www.fitinfaithmedia.com. Again, that's fitinfaithmedia.com. Book your call. If you're a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, or a wannabe, we can help you get there. Let's do it. I think when I I was originally learning about how you share through missions and um, talk to you know women's groups and youth groups and and young girls, I think to like my nieces who are 15 and 16, and you know color through hair is something that's like. <laughs> you know, a conversation all the time or, um, the different now like body piercings or tattoos or things like that. And it's like, where, how do you help infuse like taking care of thyself and also honoring your body while also being very creative? And I have tattoos, so you're not offending. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I know I have a few. Yeah. I'm like, I've got, I just, I'm, I'm curious because I think when I was that age and I was in that space of like doing it either from a sexuality perspective, doing it from a place of like my body orientation rather than I'm doing this because of a meaning that it brings me or my hair or, or my physicality, it, it did feel very void and lifeless versus mm-hmm. now I feel like there's a whole other element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think, for me, especially with, you know, I like, especially with my hair, I mean, I just, my hair is like wet right now, but my hair is like blue and purple and, and dark blue. And so I remember even when I went to, it was like in 2020, right before we went on our Boise like skate tour with our Hussarvis team, I did my roots and I was like, okay, like I could do some, maybe like a fun color that I can originally blend into what I need to do for like my modeling stuff. So I have like pink roots with, purple hair, you know? And I remember walking through target and little girls just being like, mommy, you know? And sometimes I forget I've colored hair because I've had it for so long, but it was for me. And I always get, you know, little girls, you know, that are like, mommy, you can have hair like that, you know, which is like so fun. And, you know, it's, it's amazing because, you know, even in my modeling journey, I, had like a door, the Explorer haircut for four years. And a part of my transition out one day was, I hit up one of my friends and I said, listen, I want to go like white blonde storm from X-Men. We're doing it. So we did it and it was, you know, fabulous. And I did some fun stuff for hot topic at the time. But I remember at that time I was still taking, um, 
you know, slowly taking a step back from the industry, you know, and my, as my roots began to grow out, I was like, okay, you know, you know, my hair was getting longer. I'm like, okay, we'll just go back to dark. Maybe I'll do like a balayage and do some fun photos with that. Cause it was really natural. But one of my good friends who's a human trafficking survivor, we went to a um, human trafficking recovery home um, in Vegas and she was going to do hair for the women there who were going to be graduating the program. And when I went with her, she was like, Christina, can I just put some color in your hair? Even if you keep it for a week, because my hair was so blonde, like probably a level 10 on, on a blonde scale, you know, for, for all my hair people. And I had like, you know, really dark roots to this blonde. And she said, I think it would be so fun. So she put some pulp riot colors and, you know, like the blue and the purple and all this stuff. And when I put the color in for me, I was like, wow, like, you know, cause you know, and I always get people that say that to me, they're like, you know, we really don't like colored hair on people. Cause sometimes it could like the, it, you know, it could be the brand or how people wear it. It just doesn't work. Sure. They're like you for some reason, like it works. And I'm yeah. just like, you know, but um, <laughs> I was just like, okay. And so I basically ended up keeping it, you know, for a few months and my agent, you know, called me in for digitals one day and there, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, dude, like, and I had been with this agency of time since I was 18. They were my mother agency. And I'm like, they don't like, I'm like, they're just going to pull my contract and be like, she's really gone off the deep end. And they were so gracious with me and my hair transitions like over the years. <laughs> yeah. And so like literally from, I had like long, dark hair, you know, I was Dora the Explorer. No, I was like Pocahontas, then Dora, then Storm from X-Men. And this time I just was like a Marvel character, like anime, something. I didn't know what it was. It was so funny. I went through all the transitions and they're just like, okay, Christina, like, you know, we're just going to go with it. And when I went in, they were like, that's in right now. I was like, what's in? They were like, your hair. And it's not even extensions. I'm like, no, my mother's Indian. I think that's the only reason why my hair hasn't fallen out. Because of my Indian heritage, you know? <laughs> and um, they were like, yeah, let's do digitals and send it out. And I'm thinking, what in the world? And that was right before, you know, I had really taken a step back from the industry and everything. But it was actually in 2020 during the lockdowns that I started just just kind of dreaming again with the Lord, you know, and just saying, God, like, what could I do in this industry, you know, with just the creativity that you've kind of rebirthed in my life, you know, in the area of my beauty and really something to just inspire girls that whatever your creativity is within your beauty, obviously do it within reason, but, you know, just, just seeing what God could do. Like, even when I was in Malaysia visiting my mom's family at the end of 2019, I was there for a month for Christmas, you know, to get away from my home situation and to kind of just go visit. And, um, I went to like the, I had been in India a few, you know, months before then like serving with the widows and the whole like double nose piercing thing was in. And I thought, and my, one of my cousins is kind of like punk rock a little bit. She's cool. She has like tattoos and stuff and she's full Indian. People think she's Tongan cause she's beautiful. And during the lockdowns, she had me put like this, like blue in her hair and it was like so fun. But, I was like, you know what? Like that widows from India inspired me. I was like, dude, I'm going to do the double nose piercing. Yeah. But in my mom's culture, that's it. You do that only if you're in like a low, like cast in the Indian, like, you know, they have like a cast mm -hmm. system. Sure. So I ended up going to the Indian shop, you know, and I told the guy and they have like real gold there. So I have like, like real gold things, but the currency exchange is cheaper. So it's like this whole thing. So I was like, I want two nose rings. He's like, you want two? And I said, yes. And my aunt's just like, whatever she wants, just let her do it. You know, she's a believer in her and her husband are my godparents. And my mom's oldest aunt. She loves the Lord. And yeah, they were just like, 
just do it. And so I got like the double nose piercings and my mom's family was like, wow, they called me an estate and an estate would be like someone that has like no class, <laughs> which, oh, would, which no. is so funny, but it's also like, because they grew up in a village in Malaysia, you know, like jungle yeah. book status. So they're like, you're wow. really are an estate. Like you are from the ghetto because <laughs> that's only people from the ghetto have double nose right. piercings. But then I come back to the U.S. and my cousin, who's like, you know, Indian and punk rock, she's like, it looks so cool, Christina. I'm like, thank you. And so I basically, when I redid my whole portfolio, like having my nose piercings, having my hair, like just like my own creativity, like I just got such good feedback, you know, and I and I've been kind of like waiting on the day that the Lord's like, okay, we're going to we're going to launch back out. And so as I've been building my portfolio and just kind of like working with it. Cause I have to resubmit certain photos to like New York and Europe and, you know, Miami and like all these different areas that the, the clientele is so different. So the pictures have to be different. I honestly, when I look at my photos now, I'm like, yes, like that is such a, it's an overflow of, of, of me, of my creativity. But even with that, you know, even with young girls, it's like, don't go out to change your hair or get that tattoo or get that nose, you know, ring or earrings because you want to fit in or because you think it's whatever, like do it because it's who you are. Like for me, like my hair, like everyone, they call me the unicorn. Cause they're like, Christine has colorful hair. Like it's like the creativity. Cause I dress colorful. So like my hair is really just like an aesthetic. Like if I'm just wearing the other day, I was wearing like this top with these like fuchsia pink pants with my, you know, Looney Tunes socks and my Nike pink blazers. And my youth kids were like, you, you're really mild today. Like, <laughs> you're like, really? Yeah, you know, so that was mild for them, which was, which, cause they know that sometimes I just walk out with a lot of patterns and it's funky. Awesome. And so for me, that's just who I am. And that's what I love. And when I was in rehab, my, one of my counselors who is so amazing, I will never forget her. She said, you know, Christina, like you remind me of my daughter who growing up, she would walk out of the house with wild outfits, like really wild. But I told her you have to be covered from here. And then, you know, like right above the knee, she's like, be modest, but you could wear whatever you want. You just got to be modest. So she said her daughter would walk out and it would be wild and colorful and creative as she would be like, okay, I guess we're going to do the combat boots and the tool skirt today, you know, but at least she's following the rules. Yeah. So, but she said that when her daughter had a daughter, that her daughter would wear these princess dresses. And when she started kindergarten, the teacher said, okay, when you, you know, bring your kids to school, make sure they can wear something that they won't get dirty in, you know, like that you won't, you won't be afraid if they get dirty. And she said, my daughter will show up in princess dresses <laughs> and it's okay if they're dirty, you know, yep. Yep. So cool. Cause she said, Christina, like, that's just who God's created you to be. Like, I've always had this kind of funky style, like very outside the box and who I was in general, but for so long, it's like, I was trying to fit a star into a square peg, you know, mm-hmm. trying to change who I was. But when my counselor who always would say to me, like, you just kind of beat to your own drum and that's just how I have felt now at this point in my life, you know, even with my portfolio and even with everything that I'm not looking at how everyone else is doing things anymore. When I shot my portfolio, I literally, it was so the Lord, it was just crazy. There was a day that I was like, I feel like the Lord was like, you just need to get like a, like a, like a blue pantsuit 
like jacket pants like because like orange and like these bright kind of like cold blocks yeah so cool and I was like I just want to do a really cool suit with like Doc Martens and I had this like orange like turtleneck like that I wanted to wear with it with this chain like you know I look like cool I want to see it I want to see it it's funny but and I literally went everywhere. And this was like in 2020 where you couldn't try stuff on in the store still, but I was still like searching like yeah. everywhere and inventory was down. And there was a day that I was like driving past. Cause I went to this um, like Western consignment store where I found this like really cool belt and it was awesome. But I was driving by Goodwill and I felt like the Lord was like walking the Goodwill. So I walk in the Goodwill and I found these vintage, like blue, like the same blue that I wanted, like, pants with the exact jacket like both were like five dollars total yeah and I ended up wearing it for my portfolio and it was literally that blue that was trending at the time but I couldn't find it anywhere but I find it at the thrift store and me and the Lord always just have these you know just these moments where he's like see Christina like this is like where I think I just believe that God loves to create with us Mm -hmm. that he loves to just have those moments with us where Mm -hmm. every time I look at those photos in my portfolio I look back where I'm like goodwill That's so that was nice you know like you, it really was like for that shoot i got three of my outfits from goodwill just like really cool stuff you know yeah and so yeah so i just want to encourage girls like just be creative in who you are like if you if you like being punk rock just be punk rock like if you are you know skater girl just be a skater girl like whatever your beauty is just embrace that but don't go to don't go changing your beauty or be something you're not like when you have a really sweet girl who's like I'm gonna dye my hair jet black and get piercings and wear black lipstick and I'm and I look at her and I'm thinking is that really who you are or do you feel like you have to do that to fit in you know yeah, just be like who you are yeah unfiltered you know yeah and well I think what's really right. fun about that is there's an exploration in it right because. Yeah because of how we see so many different genres of people dress or wear or show up to life, it's like you should dabble and try. And does when you put it on, do you feel out of your body or do you feel like this is me? And when it's funny that I'm wearing black right now, anybody who's on here knows that that's totally anti, but I have yeah. on purple tie dye. So I'm okay. Yes. <laughs> so knowing that it's like, I just will play. I'll play with colors. I'll play with patterns. But I definitely know whenever I try to dress, like I don't wear business suits and I find myself in business settings with men in business suits often. Yeah. And I'm like, I I refuse to wear that. I'm not going to wear that. I'll wear a neon Mm -hmm. orange suit jacket with a dress or jeans and I'll just be confident in who I am. And it's amazing how people receive that. Yes, sometimes with a snarled nose or their eyes turn up, but that's like that religious spirit, no different than if you were to walk into jeans when you're supposed to be in a full length dress and long sleeve, right? At a, in a specific type of church. And so understanding that we can break the rules when it comes to what is deemed acceptable, but doing so as, as long as it's in our truest identity. And that I think is where there is that creative exploration that God is with us in that and he's not ridiculing us in it. Yeah. It's really Absolutely. cool. 
Christina, I'm grateful for where you've been, what you've journeyed through, that you're so transparent in how you share it. And I know that as you step into this new season and God launches you, it's just going to be another way that you get to speak life into people. Um, Even if you're not, like if I see you in a magazine or I see you somewhere, like your color is going to be the storyline that people tack onto the glory that God has given to your life. And so I'm just honored that we had this opportunity to share and get to know one another. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a gift. So how can we like follow along your journey? Obviously I follow you on Instagram. Is there anywhere else that we can see and watch and even seeing how you're interacting with your horses or your missions or with the whosoever's? Yeah. You know, I would probably say, um, like Facebook or Instagram would probably be the best place, mostly Instagram. Like I post a lot of stuff on there. And so even as we go like on tour, like we're, go- we're doing a skateboard tour in Northern California in a couple weeks. And then I come home and then I go to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico for tour, like for a week and a half after that. And so it's kind of, this, it's, it looks like a really cute, like beach town area, but we're going to be doing a lot of schools and just reaching the youth there. And so I love that, you know, that even, I think one thing that's so cool is that, you know, the journey that really God took me on was such a journey of identity that I even told the Lord when the Lord in 2020, you know, as I was kind of researching and, you know, just got inspired again with my beauty and the Lord really spoke to me and said, Christina, do you want one more rodeo, you know, in this industry? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even like a, like a, you have to, it was more of an invitation, you know, and I was okay. If I never went back in, I was like, I'm good. But I was like, you know what, Lord, I almost wonder what it could be if we were to go Mm -hmm. back in like, you know, as, as me and not as something else, you know, and that's just kind of what I take even into ministry, you know, that I'm cool if, whether I do this tour or not, I'm good, whether I yeah. do have that opportunity or not. Like I, I'm just at a place where I just know that my, my heart is so full of God's love and acceptance and his identity and who he says that I am. And when you live life from that place, it's so fulfilling that I'm not looking to anything for that. I live from that place. And so, yeah, I would definitely say Mm. that, you know, probably social, probably Instagram, you know, would probably be the best place. So, yeah. Well, I love that. I love Puerto Vallarta. I was just there a couple of months ago. It's amazing. amazing. Okay. Um, How was it? It's amazing. It's yeah. Have you been to other parts of Mexico? Yeah. So yeah, we didn't, I have been to a bunch of different other places, but never there. But I heard my friend said that it was a lot different than other places. Yeah. It's more like touristy. It is. It is. And then if you travel a little bit North, the place that I usually love to say is Punta de Mita and then Sayulita is right after that. And Vallarta has that like components of that Cancun vibe where it feels Mm -hmm. like the East Coast Cancun style. But um, there's definitely like the little pockets where when you're with the locals, like just the food, the culture, the the vibrancy of life. I mean, I, I don't think I was just on another show about the Mexican culture is just so special. So I know yeah. that you're going to infuse life into them. And I love yeah. that it's from a place of like strong identity because yeah. ultimately that's what the world needs most of right now, I think is, yeah. is an identity um, crisis is what's transpiring in so mm-hmm. many ways, shapes and forms. And so to be, um, uniquely you and doing so with his, you know, resilience and strength. And it's just, it's refreshing. So I'm grateful that you're yeah. you're going to take it around the world in the process. Thank you so, so much. Great. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. I'll be following along on your adventures and Thank you. I, I might have to add, I only have a little bit of pink in my hair right now, but I might have to yeah. try blue next time. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'll, that's I'll awesome. Snap you. I'll send you a shot. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Christina. 
Blessings. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.